Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel Grote, and on behalf of my co-host Lynn Wilder, thanks for joining us. As with our previous episode, a very unstable internet connection between Michigan and Hawaii led to technical difficulties and a much lower quality of audio than we would have liked to have had. So please accept our apologies for that. Nevertheless, we've got a great episode today. It's part three and the conclusion of our interview with James and Jolene Phelps. They were both faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for decades until they discovered information that raised serious concerns for both of them. In their pursuit of truth, they both went different directions. Jolene found a rebel splinter group off the Mormon church that caught her attention and eventually became baptized as a member of that particular group. James threw himself into even more fully trying to make the Mormon system work, only to find himself feeling frustrated and inadequate and unworthy. At the conclusion of our last episode, James had just had a profound experience with Jesus that transformed his life. Jolene, meanwhile, still feared that their marriage was heading for divorce. If you didn't catch the previous episodes with part one and part two of their story, you can do that at any time going to our podcast website, which is unveilinggracepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast for free and listen to all of our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes. We are excited to have surpassed 5,000 downloads of the podcast And to all of you who have left a rating or a review, thank you so much. That encourages us and it helps other people find the podcast so they too can experience a grace that heals. And now, here's the conclusion of our interview with James and Jolene Phelps. And I went home and I started to write her like an email, like I was going to find all my sources and all my scriptures that I can prove it. As I was writing it, I felt such a strong impression from God no, it's not true. Don't write it. So I put it down and I was like, wow. So as that started, as that we started, just the layers started to peel away and he started to show truth, but I still was still hanging on. It took so long for me, but, um, but yeah, about a year and a half in, um, uh, one, one day, um, well, even Rinsley started to even realize that it wasn't true faster than I, I don't know if she's <laughs> younger mind. Um, so let me, I want to jump back point, to that. So you know, where, where do you uh-huh. kind of make that crossover? Um, where do you go from, yeah. wow, I recognize I am a sinner in need of God. All this stuff I've been trying to do isn't going to work. And then, I mean, because the Apostle Paul talks about going from being in Adam to being in Christ. And that happens differently for people. So what is your experience yes. with that crossover where you go, oh, I, I take the grace? Yeah. You know, for me, it was, you know, I just continued to dive into the word and, um, I remember, um, the pastor, um, okay. was yep. always talking about the bridge, you know, I was talking about the bridge. And uh, I never knew what that, that meant, but I think he wanted me to ask. And so at some point I did. 
So what's the bridge? He said, come by the office this weekend and you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. And uh, so I remember going to his office one, one Friday afternoon and we spent three mm -hmm. hours and he went through this illustration called the bridge, which is just a very simple layout. We'll include that in the show notes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Just essentially, it's you know the, the bare bones gospel that I am a sinner, um, mm -hmm. separated from God, but but He has a plan for me, and that plan is is, is Jesus Christ, and, and faith in Jesus Christ is the key. And so, so we go through this, and I, I remember going home that weekend, and Jolene and the kids were out of town, so it was just me and and, the, and I just had the Bible in front of me. Usually during this time, I would be, be watching movies and getting all my my action movies in while Jolene was out of town. But it was just the Bible. I just wanted to read the Bible and and uh, just seeing confirmation of everything that He was telling me. And, uh, and so it was a couple of days after that, that I just knew it was just time just to, to make the decision. And for me, it was important to go and actually uh, make an event of it and, and, and make that decision. Right. You know, I wanted to have a very clear demarcation for me. And so I, I drove up to one of my favorite uh, spots up in the mountains of Arizona and just out down by a creek and, and I offered a sinner's prayer. And I, I just, I just, um, you know, I, I just remember feeling soaked uh, on one hand, sad you know when i just came to that realization that i had um i had rejected this yeah. free gift you know mm -hmm. that god had given me you know and uh and then i turned my back on that thinking that it was about me and uh and so i just just pled for forgiveness for that and and i just said jesus i'm just ready i, I give my life to you so, so, so do what you will with it and, and and forgive me you know for for denying that gift and and and, and just the um you know, just the overwhelming sense. I, I just knew as I walked away from that creek that, that I was a new creature. Wow. And, and, and from that point forward, I just knew that I, I no longer identify myself as a Mormon. I don't identify myself as I'm a member of, of this church. I certainly have my preference in which church I go to, but, but I identify myself with mm -hmm. Jesus and with Jesus alone because mm -hmm. he is the way and the truth and the light. Not about my religion or which church mm -hmm. I go to. It's about him. And I just had a very clear understanding of that. Yeah. Which is what the Holy Spirit does when the Holy um, Spirit brings that conviction and brings repentance um, and brings faith and you accept that grace, then yeah, it's uh, it, it's undeniable. It's, it's clear and it marks a true life transformation change. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So then you leave the mountain top and you go back to your wife who's still who's still struggling. Now at this point, you go, um, Jolie needs this. I mean, is that is that what you're thinking? I mean, do you understand now? Because that's often what happens when one spouse comes to Christ. They go, Oh my heart, this is what you know. This is what she needs too. Or yes. So, so I, would, I would say I started to become more emboldened and more confident in, in my position. Um, you know, and so I started to speak out a little more, you know. A lot I was, more. <laughs> I, remember, uh, I remember hearing, I was in, in the one room and I was overhearing, Jolene was uh, teaching the kids a lesson from the book of Abraham. And uh, I remember hearing the, them reading about how there are, you know, I don't remember what the language is, but the effect yes, there's, that's right. there's gods that's without Abraham. Oh, and yeah. I just remember that, that just strike into my heart and saying, oh my goodness, my kid. Mm -hmm blinders were getting pulled off and and um but then finally he went on a um on a men's retreat with the church then and I, at that point i felt which is interesting you know how in Mormonism right. they don't really teach you about different voices so i was definitely bombarded with both moments when i was hearing god and i know it was god but there was definite moments mm. that now i know i was hearing satan or, or and so I'm mean, very marked moments where I was being misled and it's crazy. So, but as in Mormonism, I just remember thinking, right, especially it's just God, it's always God, you know? And so, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And so, so he um, goes on this men's retreat and then I had started working at that time part-time with a, um, a, a public accounting firm and we had a retreat in um, Tucson, Arizona, which is an hour away. So we were kind of just passing each other as he was coming home, but he calls me and he's like, Jolene, I'm a, oh. um, I was, you know, I'm a little bit injured. <laughs> he never complains. So I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. But then I was like, wait a second, how injured? Because he never, if he was a little injured, he wouldn't have said anything. And so, oh, and so wow. he's like, well, I might have separated some ribs. And so I'm like, oh. So I know. So he, um, so I go, I go on to the retreat and, um, and I had this hotel room alone and I just had quiet time. And I was like, I'm really just going to press into God. And so I spent that evening just praying and um, reading and reading scriptures and then both the Bible and the Book of Mormon probably. And then um, in the morning I woke up before dawn and I wanted to watch the sunrise. And then after I had my time with God, I was going through some emails that, and, um, and a friend of mine had emailed one to a group um, in the Denver Snuffer group. And they said, Oh, Denver Sniffer says that he um, had an experience where Joseph Smith appeared to him. And then for some reason, at that moment, I remembered something that my pastor friend had said, because you know how her husband had died. Um, I one time asked her, like, do you wish you could see your husband? Like he appeared to you or something? And she's like, oh no, I never go there. She's like, you know, the Bible's very clear. That's you are not supposed to try to connect with the dead. And I don't know why at that moment when she said it, nothing clicked. But when I read that email that morning, it clicked. Oh my gosh. Our whole, our whole religion is based on yeah. people coming and, you know, like Moroni, Moroni, supposedly, if the Book of Mormon was true, he's supposedly a dead prophet that came up here to Joseph Smith. And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, God would never reveal this restored gospel that was so important by breaking his own commandment. And so it just all came clear. Oh my gosh. All the prophets that came to Joseph Smith supposedly to, you know, bring back the priesthood and all these wow. things. I'm like, it's all a lie. And, and so it just all came clear. And I was like, I just remember being filled with this amazing yeah. joy, like being freed. I was like, I felt free. It was so crazy. And then, but then later on after the retreat, I can't wait to get home to tell James, but then he calls me and he lets me know that he went to a chiropractor and the chiropractor just thought he should just adjust him. They took an x-ray and oh, no. the was so he goes to adjust yeah. him and he's like, whoa, the word. And it turned out that the ribs were broken and he had a what punctured lung. What did you do, lung. James? And what were you doing that you oh, broke ribs? So in? I rushed to the hospital and raised him into the hospital. He okay. took the ball. That's takes. football game at the men's retreat, right? Yep. Yeah. So Rinsley and I were there in the waiting, you know, in the emergency room, and the doctor's trying to do a couple, you know, procedures with like no pain medicine, and I'm just like praying for him, and just oh poor guy, he had to go through it twice because it didn't work the first time, and then, um, but once the pain was, you know, down, and he spent the night there, they're making sure he's breathing good, and I stayed with him in the morning is when I told him everything. I'm like, look, this is what happened. Look what God did. And I'm like, I don't believe any of it anymore. And whoa, we were just wow. crying there together. And the, it was crazy. Like, it was just like this darkness mm. had totally lifted from us. And even though like marriage things to work out in our home, there was peace for like six months, like no fights at all. It was amazing how it just lived. Oh yeah. Now we still, you know, you put two fallen people together, there's gonna be conflict. But but we're definitely Okay, I was gonna say so how long ago was this? So almost four years. Almost four years ago. And 
we are definitely like both we're always amazed looking at each other wow god's transformed us both in such amazing ways and our children too like our daughter oh my gosh she's um oh, she's, really? she was more she's a missionary with ywam and then she went prayer she, before all this she was singer songwriter very talented um but she's just like she gave it all up and she still now she does it for god you know but she um loves god so much and yes. we always worry like leaving the mormon church like what's going to happen to our kids you know because that's learn that your kids are going to fall apart but our kids are um, like being transformed too in amazing ways like my daughter our daughter has said you know she just wants to go and be a missionary her whole life and, and that's like the grace like working through us you know it just flows yeah. we never would have thought to to do stuff like what we're doing now and now it's all we want to do and you know it's to proclaim jesus well it's amazing they're just coming along in their journey and it's fun mm -hmm. to see them uh, re reading the bible and doing oh, it on yeah. their own will and um all yeah. in a very good church we just have a great church community that mm -hmm. has a youth group where they're just growing in god and growing in, mm -hmm. in their um, education and everything and things couldn't be better you know we just really mm -hmm. have, have learned um you know just uh, our, our marriage itself was an yeah. idol for us that yeah. god had to take away you know yeah. we have this, this view of an eternal family that had really replaced jesus mm -hmm. as, as mm -hmm. our primary focus of, of our life yeah. we thought that the reason for existence was this eternal family yeah. and took years for God to strip that away, but he did. He stripped mm -hmm. it right. away and he said, no, he said, I need to be the center of your marriage. Leave me alone. And, and, and so we've learned that when we make him the center, even though Jolene and I mm -hmm. were on two very different paths, Jesus became the center and, and when we, we mm -hmm. met him in, in the middle and that's where we came together. Yeah. And, and it changes your marriage, doesn't it? It changes mm -hmm. your relationship. Mike and I had been married 30 some years when all of this happened to us. And, and we're thinking, do we need to go to a marriage retreat? Like, you know, totally everything became new. And then Jesus is in the middle of this and and really um, we're trying to relearn kind of how to interact with each other and how to be kinder and how it's not all about me. Right. Not pleading for your own point of view. Very different um, kind of yeah. paradigm right. shift, huh? Well, and I think mm -hmm. that's when you have the chance to step yeah. back from Mormonism yeah. and look at it kind of objectively for what it is and what it's presenting, what you realize is Mormonism is all about making the people, especially the couple, they are the superstar of their own story. They are the heroes in their own story. They're the ones that are going to have the marriage. They're going to make it work. And God is kind of this incidental, he starts the ball rolling. He's done it before and maybe, but really at the end of the day, it's about the, the, it's about the couple. They're the heroes. They're the superstars. It's about it's about mm -hmm. them, and and that's totally antithetical to Christianity, where Jesus is our hero. We're nothing without him, and nothing works without him. Yeah. And yet, the idea mm -hmm. of being the hero of your own story is such heady. It's such a heady thing. It appeals to our pride. It appeals to our flesh. But it's so much a part of the system that you don't even mm -hmm. see that it's putting distance and it's putting so much pressure on couples because if they're honest, they go, how can I be the hero of my own story? I can't pull this off. Um, so thank you, you guys for articulating that so clearly and being so open about that. So I want to go back to you, James, for just a second. So when Jolene comes back to you, because Jolene, you said it was like a year and a half that he's, you know, he's come to know the Lord. He's had this internal, you know, his life's been transformed and he's just kind of, waiting hoping so when she comes to you and tells you this what happens with you 
it was uh, <laughs> the best hospital stay I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I told her I'd, I'd, I'd break every, oh, every wow. rib in my body to have that same experience again. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, I, I just remember just saying, oh, finally, what, what we've both been praying for for so many years is, is happening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, during these, during this year and a half, two years that uh, after I got saved and we were still working on, on coming together, I, I would go to a park every morning and, and just uh, study the Bible, listen to sermons and just do this while I was doing little workout and stuff. And, and, and that was just my time for, for God. And that was such an important time to take mm-hmm. that every day and, and to pray. And that there was just so many times where I just had these reassurances from God that, that he had, you know, that mm-hmm. this was this was his and we just had to let it take time and uh, mm-hmm. let things take their course and things don't happen overnight. They, they just don't, you know, that's just not usually yes. the way God works. Well, and I, can, but do, you, be more gentle than do you still have that house so, across from your parents? So we, we uh, lived, uh, we moved from that house to a house uh, <laughs> far away from them, about, about a mile and a half. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's where most of this happened. And I'm sure if they had one, at one house. time ten active children, that um, the first one to fall had to have been difficult. Yeah. That's been the hard part of this journey. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just um, I mean, Jesus Jesus warns us. He says, when you come to me, it's going to come at a cost. He says you have to take up your cross daily and follow him. And it's not about it's what you said. It's not about saving ourselves. It's uh, it's about mm-hmm. him. And and there has been a cost to this. Um, and I remember having, going to my parents, you know, when I was sure of my path and said, it's time to tell them where I'm at. And that was a hard conversation to have with mom and dad. I'm such a person mm-hmm. who loves to please my parents and to make them mm-hmm. proud of me. You know, and I just grew up with this. I, I want my dad and my mom to be proud of me. And, and they weren't proud of me. I know um, it's, it's been, been a hard thing. And they, they have the picture of the temple in, in their bedroom with the, the 10 kids and their spouses around the temple. Oh, wow. Sign up above saying no empty chairs. And... <laughs> I know to them I'm, I'm an empty chair, um, so it's changed things. My family still loves me very much. We're, we're, we're blessed to, you know, not like they've they've asked yes. us from the family. It's just we just can't talk about it for the most part, and uh, try, you know, and uh, they they love us as best they can. I, I know they do, and uh, and I, I just hope that our journey mm-hmm. can speak to them because mm-hmm. I, I know many of them struggle with the same things that I have. So I hope that God uses us in in, mm-hmm. in ways right. that are still to come for oh. sure. Mm-hmm. But it's been yeah. And I, my hope is that your story will really encourage other people who are listening. Because I know from our support groups, from our mentoring, there are a lot of couples that right now are where you were at back four or five years ago, where you've come to faith. Um, Jolene hasn't. In fact, she's still somewhat vested in Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon. And that's a really difficult place for a couple to be. So what I'd like um, with some of the time we have left is I'd like both of you to give your advice, your take on um, how to navigate that really difficult time when you're not on the same page spiritually as spouses. And so, so James, for you, what you learned and maybe pushing too hard or too much, what you would say. And then after that, Jolene, what you would say in retrospect, what were the things that he did that did draw you in or leave you open or even the things that he did um, that were that were hurtful because I think for so many couples, Lynn, this is a difficult time to navigate. And you guys have you guys have done it, obviously, now without your bumps and squabbles and fights and some hard times, but you're on the other side of it now. So you want to start that out, James? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
I think for, for me, um, patience is, is a big thing, just mm -hmm. knowing that this is in God's hands and, and not mine. And I probably, uh, I know I could have done better of allowing mm -hmm. her to come to me with questions instead of me forcing the issue on her just because the relationship was not good and she wasn't wanting to hear from me. And so mm -hmm. I needed to trust God okay. who was putting That's the right great. people in her life that she would listen to. And so God, God will do that. And so I need to be there to answer questions as she has them, but mostly um, just to show the transformation that God is doing in me. And she sees that and she sees this, this, this man step up and be a godly man, the man that she always wanted, mm -hmm. then it's only going to be a matter of time uh, before we get on. Good advice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember like he would try to, you know, convince me and tell me about just Joseph Smith's polygamy and all these things. And I'd come back with him, you know, come back with all the different things I had learned in this little group. And um, but I remember there was one time where I was just like so tired of the fights and and he was just trying so hard to like show me what he could see and that I couldn't see. And I just remember saying like, look, I trust God <laughs> that we're, I, of course, I thought he was going to come to my side. <laughs> Just let God do it. I'm tired of hearing, you know, people. I'm tired of hearing man. Mm -hmm. I just, I just want God to show me what's the truth. And I remember him like stepping back and and just not fighting me anymore so much. Once I said that, and and that was huge, just to let God do the work. And and uh, but I do remember, like even in those fights, I'm grateful because there's there's some times where he would say certain things, and even though in the moment I was fighting him, I like later on those those words, like I remember him trying to explain to me the Trinity and how God, there's only one God. He's like, Jolene. And I remember the earnestness in his eyes and his face and that even though he wouldn't have known it, but it really did pierce my heart. He's like, I got clarity on this, Jolene. There's one God. And I do remember feeling like, you know, just being Mormon and thinking, well, I'm praying to this God, but then I close it in the name of Jesus Christ, who's another God. Who am I really praying to? I remember feeling so conflicted. I'm like, who am I worship you know um but him saying that those moments like i was just like i do remember those things so god even you know he would even when it's not good he just uses it all for good and all of that's <laughs> antithetical to, to what mormons <laughs> teach right i mean you never think good can come from conflict or good can come from contention what they call contention yeah and yet all over the bible good comes from oh, yeah. contention which brings conviction which brings right. change which yeah. yeah, it's so true. Our family's actually been going through with our church right now, some inner healing. And um, there's actually there's actually been some big contentions because us as parents were realizing, okay, we need to go back into with our kids and say, okay, mm. what did I, what have I done in your life that caused trauma to you? And, and, you know, some of it comes from Mormonism and some just yep. comes from just <laughs> lack of experience when you're, you know, a, you know, a parent and, and there's been some big fights and, but it's funny, like God, it's not a stress, like we know it's good. We know these fights are good, actually. We know we need to work through these things and God is doing yeah. them. He that's, continues that's so great. Well, and things. they say so good. The, one yeah. of the keys to a healthy and mature relationship isn't the absence of conflict. It's how quickly and how cleanly that conflict is processed. And that's really what the Bible provides. The Bible provides mm -hmm. and Holy. the Holy Spirit provides the way when you're loving and when you want what's best for the other person, even in the midst of conflict, to resolve it um, and to bring resolution. And when you guys were talking about, you know, just the stuff early in your marriage, I thought, yeah, it's so, yeah. so often when I talk to Mormon couples or former Mormon couples, the underlying theme, a common theme is all this conflict that's never been resolved because everything just has to be okay. You, you're not allowed to have differences really. You're not allowed. So everything's just gotta be smoothed over. 
And so couples build up years and years and years of unresolved conflict, even if it's small stuff, but nobody's heart is ever truly heard because you're not free to be open and authentic about the hurt because that somehow shows that, wow, you must not have the spirit because you would just handle this. Everything has to be fine. Um, so yeah. And I just, you know, I, you guys have such a message of hope and grace for people. Um, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, yeah, yes, thank you yeah. for having us. Thank you for your, your ministries, what you're doing, you're, yeah. you're one of well, many. We're honored, we're humbled. God has oh. a ministry for you as well. Someone <laughs> said to me when I first came to Christ, it was Scott Johnson with Mormonism Research, or with, uh, he, he's with Jane Catlin's ministry. Um, he said to me one time, if you're in Christ, you have a ministry. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get called to this work for no reason. God has a purpose. He has a whole great plan and you have you have a piece of it. And even if it's impacting your family, impacting, I mean, those kind of things have eternal consequences. And so um, we thank God that, that um, he has saved you for such a time as this. Absolutely. Yeah. And feel like real brothers and sisters. Thank I mean, God. I always cry when God brings me even a new email or a new person because I know that it's for me as much as it's for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you guys so much for being with us. Okay. Jolene, um, James, your story has been so encouraging. Um, it's just great to see God at work, uh, to see him healing marriages and lives and bringing transformation. Mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing your story so openly and authentically. Um, with our audience. Not only is there healing after Mormonism, not, you know, not only is there hope, but there's, there's true healing and deeper purpose in life and probably something that I certainly never experienced in Mormonism um, now on this side. And we, we thank God for his good work, grace and peace until next time. So long. Bye. <laughs>